0: This is Hearts of Oak podcast. Free speech, religious disagreement, children's rights and open and free discussion on any topic are bedrock to a democratic free society. And we seek to promote and champion these basic rights. Join us. Let's keep the conversation going. Um, good evening, Hearts of Oak. Well, afternoon, we're doing this a, a day before. I didn't want to Cut into Charlie and my last Saturday evening before Christmas. It's great to have you with us. Um, whatever you're doing, however you're watching, however you're listening, thanks so much for joining us. And I hope uh, you all have a wonderful time over this Christmas period. And enjoy Christmas Day, whatever you're doing, who you're spending it with. Have a, a wonderful time. Now, I just want to, before I bring on Charlie, I just want to mention uh, one event that we have, and that is this. This is the event we had a uh, week ago, I think, uh, with Andrew Bridgen and Carl Benjamin. And you can actually watch it. We didn't live stream it. First time we had done an event, we didn't live stream it. We did it with David Vance. Uh, uh, Great evening. It is now available. $2.99. You can get the video and watch it. We thought that was low enough price. And it's a bit weird way of doing it, simply because we haven't done this before. So when you go on the events tab, that's what you get, a picture of holding the line. You click on that, and then you click on subscribe. And that then takes you through to the screen on the right, which is, you click subscribe, pay your $2.99. Next time, we'll get a big buy now button. But this time, this is the way around. Uh, we're learning. First time actually, we put a video that we charge for. Everything else is free. The rest of the 500 videos you can find are all free. This is the first one to charge. So um, that is the way. Go to the events tab on on heartsovoke.org um, and then click through your subscription. Or you can just do heartsovoke.org forward slash subscription and it will take you there. Um, But we have Charlie Samson on for the 5 Already only known Charlie for a couple of months um it was actually lewis introduced us wasn't it charlie
1: It was yeah and it seemed a lot longer than a couple of months
0: a <laughs> lot longer okay. it's great when you connect with people who are doing similar stuff similar views and um people said oh, i'm sure you've met charlie before no so uh it was good to meet charlie maybe you could just take a moment and introduce yourself. obviously people can find you there is your Handle on Twitter. You do media, you've got a background DJing and singing, so you mix it all up. But give the the viewers, the audience, an intro to yourself in case they haven't come across you before.
1: Well, thank you, Peter. Thanks for having me. Um, my background started off in music. I was about 19 years old, and I had this grand dream of being a superstar. It never quite panned out, so I thought I'd be a political commentator in the end. Um, but in the middle, I, um, yeah, I spent 15 years being a singer, got into DJing because I was always that guy that people would give the auxiliary cable to remember those before Bluetooth came along, Mm -hmm. um, at the party. So I was always that guy that did the music. So I kind of got really enthusiastic about DJing. And then for my sins, I joined the conservative party over here in the UK (laughs) and I quit them live during a BBC interview because I think that they were a bunch of tyrants, during covid and i still do um and i used that uh new story to pivot into television because i didn't want to leave politics completely i just didn't want to be held to the party machine and happy to say this or do that and uh i think it's worked out quite well for me now because of um because of the tv stuff i've met people like you um and there are so many people out there
0: that i'm probably not first on your list you're, kind of, <laughs> you're,
1: you're, you're at the top of one page. I mean, a numbered page that is, but it's at the top of Pelican. Um So yeah, it's it's incredible. I mean, my phone book now. If you ask me, do you know someone who does this? I know someone who does this. Do you know what I mean? It's incredible the amount of networking you can do for speaking your mind and being honest. So
0: I'll continue doing that. No, it is good fun, and I've kind of did the same as you, gone from politics to to media. And you fall into this and it's all good fun. And you're right, it is the contacts, the people you meet, the fun, connecting with people on a on a worldwide network, and realize you can do so much more together than you can individually. But let's jump on to the first story on the state side. So for all the war room posse, and um, for those of you, you can this And I expected this to happen. I didn't realize or think it would take so long to happen. And this is President Trump uh, trying to obviously stop him from running. What's next after Colorado? This is NPR, one of every news outlet uh, that did it. Here's where other challenges to Trump's candidacy stand um and they go into all of this which was of course in colorado they voted the democrats voted to remove him um from the uh from the list because he had engaged in insurrection or rebellion um and i think there are uh similar legislations happening in 13 states or whatever charlie what what were what were your thoughts whenever you you first saw this and how do you think it might be art my first thought was
1: welcome back mr president because <laughs> there's no way he can lose now there's no way he can lose now because one thing i think will happen one thing i think that will happen is that the, the ruling in colorado where they're saying they're going to take him off the ballot that will be overturned because America, as much as I don't believe that it currently has a democracy, I don't. I think it's a dysfunctional democracy, to put it politely. Um, they still will have to uphold their own principles, and I can't see them saying, "Right, well, because we don't like Trump, we're going to kick him off." As in politics, you're going to find people you don't like across the board. Some people may not like Vivek, they may not like uh, Nikki Haley, they may not like Krispy Kreme, Christie, right, but they're going to be on the ballot. You got to accept it. And I think that this political uh, lawfare is what I would call it—political lawfare. I took that from one of my friends. That, that phrase um, is 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 so disgraceful, and it's uh, it's going to come back to bite the Democrats big time.
0: I was just, as I said, surprised it it took so long because you're wondering what they're paying at. Uh, they do not want Trump. Trump derangement syndrome to the nth degree um and then this comes on obviously the legal challenges against him just help him every time there's a he's dragged into court his poll ratings bump up so i guess this is a a um the nuclear option in effect to actually not just beat him in court but physically remove him uh, from the ballot it seems like when they don't get the desired
1: outcome with all the other smears, they just tried up the ante a little bit. And you know, if you if you're a political analyst, and I'm sure they've got many in the Democratic Party, you'd know that doing this actually bumps Trump up every single time. And you know, look, Biden. I don't understand how he's in position anyway. I think everybody says this about him. No one understands it. Who are his handlers? Who are the people really pulling the strings behind the scene? Because it's certainly not him. And then. You know, you get all this kind of skullduggery about getting rid of Trump. But if they're doing that to save Biden, doesn't that show even more contempt for the country by trying to keep him in
0: post this desperately? Yeah, they would rather have Sleepy Joe, who's utterly destroying the country. And it's fun to watch the the disintegration of the conversation on the left on immigration, whenever they realize when it's in their own backyard, uh, like Adams is finding out in New York, um, it's simply dangerous. But this is going to run and run, obviously, and the Democrats will do all they can to make sure Trump doesn't run. Uh, I personally think they'll try and put in someone like Gavin Newsom, because I think that whatever they do against Trump, um, that... I think Americans will fight back more than, than Brits would. Brits would I think shrug their shoulders. So I think in America, there is a mentality to fight back, plus they're armed. And that is a, a very different situation than in the UK.
1: I mean, over here, we have shrugged our shoulders. You know, the Conservative Party voted in Liz Trust, and two weeks later, they were trying to get rid of her. And that was only to install the guy that she beat. So, what does that tell you about? about politics as a whole you know the conservative party over here didn't want to listen to their own members didn't want to listen to the country by giving them a prime minister they actually wanted and i'm not sure that the country really wanted Liz trust it was just a, you know a bad case that they had to get through but you know at the end of the day if democracies and i'm going to use air quotes for that democracies can do this what does it say for the rest of the world? Look up to us, you know, that, that we, we, we try and dictate and try to impart our own Western wisdom, should we call it, Well, we don't even have our own house in order. It's quite embarrassing, Brennan. Really.
0: Yeah, well, let's complete step change. Let's look at the media. You had put this up, uh, this post. Most con- complained about programs of 2023 um and your comment on your twitter feed was every aspect of this top 10 tells me the people in the uk cannot handle debate or views differing from their own unless many grew a spine this snow will continue and of course number one was lawrence fox for saying he wouldn't sleep with someone yeah weird world but yeah uh, what the top 10 uh, what kind of stuck out with you here
1: I think the the first one, obviously, because I'm friends with all three of the guys involved in that story. Hmm. And I also, I mean, even even if I wasn't friends with them, I would find it outrageous that they all got sacked because a man said what he didn't want to do. Whereas, you know, if you, if you change it around a little bit and it was a woman saying she didn't want to sleep with a man, she'd probably get a a round of applause from the feminazi and that'd be that. So I don't understand why this happened. It seems like a bit of a stitch up to me. Um, and I think that you know when it all comes out in the wash, I don't think I don't think GB News are going to come off looking very very good for this for doing this, um, because I see all three of them rising higher. Genuinely, I'm not just saying that. I genuinely think they're going to do bigger and better things. But even if you move to uh, the second complaint, the King Charles coronation,
0: mm. it's
1: actually quite a misleading. Um, they're all quite misleading these top 10 titles but in that show there was a a black lady who said that the Royal Family balcony waving scene they do every event um, was uh, something disgracefully white or something along those lines and you know fine. Like I didn't like the comment. I thought the comment was pretty racist because what are you expecting from a majority white country with a majority white royal family? And I say majority cause we'll still include Megan for the sake of, you know, being nice, but you know, fuck her. Um, and then you've got her saying this fair play. I'm free speech. If she, if that's what she thinks. Fine. Let her think it. But then you've got people out there like me who will say that she's wrong. And that's the benefit of having a free speech or supposed free speech but the fact that that got complained about i mean i'm not too sure i would go out of my way to write a complaint about a tv show ever mainly because i don't care enough and secondly because tv unless uh reinvigorated by these stupid sensationalist polls by a television broadcasting regulator by the way this looks like something you'd see in the daily mail or tmz or some bullshit Mm -hmm. but it is you know the regulator of british tv doing a top 10 list of you know Oh, look at all these sensational programs. I just think, who cares? You know, the 8,000 complaints for the, for the Lawrence story, 8,000-odd complaints for King Charles, 2,000 for the third in the poll. That goes to show you how many people actually care. You know, well, it does 60, yeah. 70 million people here and only 2,000 bothered? Come on.
0: It does. And it, show, it, it also shows the, the power, I guess, of a small... Because it is a small group of people mm. who want to be triggered by anything. Um and, and I I you want the, the one which was the um Kay Burley, I think with the IDF uh soldier, where she accused Israelis of caring less about uh I think lives of those in Gaza than Israelis. Um and and he came back to her. And to me that that's the best form of debate. You come back with a better position a better argument that counters the narrative and then you win over instead of saying i'm offended what will i do you're right right to offcom uh yeah, as you said that's the last thing you'll go you'll find a witty response to it to push back and to show the stupidity of it but what i i wouldn't even know how to even write to offcom or what would be the point <laughs> i mean if, if you
1: want witty remarks just follow my twitter feed that's what i do all day long and it's interesting you said that about how people um, they write complaints and they think it's going to make a difference I mean what difference does it make the show went out people got offended who cares you move on and you know the fact that people go out of their way to find reasons to complain I, I think the only the only reason you should complain is if it will have and make a material difference to the thing you're complaining about you know otherwise don't waste your time it's boring
0: yeah no, 100% well, let's move on to um, the next one, uh, which I always find this intriguing. And this is uh, he who cannot be named, A.K. Tommy. And oh. I always find it intriguing. Again, um, you say you you know the 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 three involved: um, Dan Loza and uh, and Calvin. Kind of became involved just by saying, just by speaking up. He wasn't even on the program. Um, And I'm intrigued at, obviously I've known Tommy for 12, 13 years. Uh, It's getting longer now. And everything that's happened to him, and even with his latest court case, how actually those who've covered it, uh, he was on TNT radio, um, so Maratussi covered it, and there are a wider range of people um, covering it. But yeah, you put up this comment about uh, Tommy always being in court because the establishment are concerned, and you always wonder whenever there is court action what what are they trying to hide? And I think with Tommy, they just are trying to hide him and make him go away. The reason why I think they want him gone, and the reason
1: why I think that this is because uh, some people responded to this and thought I was a nutter, and I said, "Well, let's look at the past here." You know, a few years ago, he put out a documentary called Panorama. Uh, did you see that? Yeah, saw. Yep. if anyone watching this hasn't seen it, you really should look it up. It's a great, great documentary about how BBC's Panorama were trying to stitch him up with a fake allegation and he exposed them. How is it that somebody can put up a video in 24, 48 hours, get one, two million views and then have all of his social media accounts taken off, the video banned, and then not long after that, I think he did go to jail for a period of time not long after that documentary was put out so there's already a precedent here for trying to lock him up for exposing things and there is there has been this fior- furore about a documentary that he's produced called silenced which ironically has silenced him because they now want to bang him up for the production of that documentary so i feel very sorry for him because he's passed unfortunately follows him around so much so that if you say anything in defense of him it's well he got done for mortgage fraud and he got done for being a football thug and he got done for this and it's like okay that was a long time ago if you move forward and accept that he's served his time in prison for whatever offenses he may have caused and you look at what he's doing now why are they so afraid of him and i believe that they're afraid of him so much so because at the moment, he got banned from social media the first time, from everything. As a political public figure, he had more followers across all platforms, all of the major political parties and their members combined. So with that influence, is going to come a great degree of power, which is what I think they're afraid of because Tommy is the working man. He's the common man. He's the ordinary man more people can relate to him than they can to Rishi Sunak or David Cameron or whichever top you want to put in power at the time. You know, More people relate to him than people give him credit for, especially the press. And when he got booted out of London a few weeks ago just for existing, as far as I could say, just being there, that to me should have woken everybody up and gone, this is not the United Kingdom that we thought we had. This is... This is a bit of a police state and we should be concerned about this because they will come for others. There's no doubt about that. Just become bigger and you'll see
0: They will. And I think Lord Pearson actually put down a question on it asking about the order used by the police because it does seem the police can decide if they don't like someone and can just ban them from an area because they believe a crime possibly may be committed. no, Don't need any evidence, just need the say-so of a police officer. Yeah. Uh, and the government responded to say that this should not happen, a journalist should not be stopped. But of course, in certain circumstances, it may have to be done. And this is a police matter and nothing to do with the government Um And it seems, though, then we move into a a police state, that if certain officers decide that someone is not welcome in an area, they can just decide that matter-of-factly and that person is banned. It's frightening that overreach. If the
1: police are autonomous, as this government figure is leading us to believe, then why do they report to government ministers? You know, it's it, it's like passing the buck a little bit. It's like, yeah, this, we know this looks bad, but we're going to stay way out of it because I think politicians look at Tommy and go, nah, not worth it. Too toxic. Don't want to attach our name to it. We might be tarnished with the same brush that he's tarnished with. But for me, that's just cowardice. You know, do the right thing by everybody. Do the right thing by every single British individual. If he is a free man, let him be free. If he's there with a cameraman, he wants to film some stuff, he wants to do some journalism, let him do his thing. We don't live in minority report. I thought Tom Cruise's character was make-believe. Maybe he's not. You know, maybe this is the future now where the police just go, well, I don't like the cut of your jib, mate, so you're off. And I don't think that's
0: right. And Of course, he was held solitary confinement. Uh, he was in uh, a cell and above him was Julian Assange which does make you think. I mean, when when the state locks up those who report on issues, and in Tommy's case, it seems to be reporting on the grooming gangs and, uh, what, five, six uh, documentaries on that topic. Um, And it's not that he was the first to do it. He's just one of the loudest to, to talk about it. But whenever we are jailing journalists, then... Surely even those in the left must sit back and think this isn't right. And the left are angry about Julian Assange being locked up. But if Tommy Robinson is locked up as a journalist, actually that's fine because they don't like him. And you see the, I guess, hypocrisy of the left on that.
1: They are hypocrites across the board. I think um give me a moment there, Peter. I've had a I've had a brain dump there. Yeah. Had a complete brain dove there. <laughs>
0: you no, know, but it, it, the journalists. Now, I, I'm concerned as a journalist. I'm sure, Charlie, that's in effect what you are doing. You're a journalist, simply someone reporting on the news. They don't need a, a a card from whatever union to declare they're a journalist. It's simply someone reporting the news, and and citizen journalism is now the norm. And I've seen the government want to shut that down. I don't see why they'd want to shut it down because
1: I think it adds to the conversation and it takes away any bias, which actually might answer why they want to shut it down. Because if the media, who I believe are always walking hand in hand with politicians anyway, have someone cutting through the middle with bigger influence, bigger power, um, it ruins the status quo. I think that with regards to independent journalists on the whole, it will put them off because they'll be thinking, well, if I become... A really well known journalist for X, Y, and Z, my passion subjects, am I going to get banged up? And that's the biggest concern that I think journalism faces moving forward, unless, of course, you work for an establishment journalistic outfit. Yeah,
0: then, then you're protected. Yeah. Uh, well, let's, uh, there's another thing that you're not really supposed to talk about. And uh, <laughs> this, um, well, there are a couple of things to bring out on this. And your comment is the Daily Mail a serious news outlet. There might be a short answer to that, but uh, this transgender woman, yes, folks, that, that supposedly is a woman, uh, a bearded woman, uh, 45, who dumped soiled adult nappies at children's nurseries, stole a roll of clinical waste bags from local businesses and hid inside a bin, appears in core. So we have someone with big issues happening and they hide in a bin Uh, um what what a great story for the daily mail charlie
1: i don't understand why this transgender thing rolls on and on and on let's just face reality if you've got something between your legs you're a man if you don't you're a woman it's it's not hard we've never needed this ever in the history of ever to know pronouns, to know what gender you are—you know—I don't understand any of it other than it's a mental disorder. And I think the closer we get to government bodies and health authorities actually accepting that, the better we'll, we'll be as a, as a society. I look at stories like this and I look at the picture of the man. Yeah, a jawline so solid it could break rock, <laughs> and a beard—you know—akin to yours, perhaps. And I mean, the pink hair on a man or a woman is always a red flag for me anyway, but yeah. you know, the fact that they're going to portray this person as a woman for what, I don't know whether or not these papers do it for the clickbait and it's because they know they're going to get a debate in the comments and it'll boost the article up a bit more. I don't know. Or whether or not they truly believe in what they write. I can't actually in good faith believe that they do think that that man is in fact woman, but, these stories come and they come and they come, and all I want is for rational people to step up and go, no more, please, just stop it. Let's let's get back to normality because this only happens in countries like the UK, the United States, France, Ireland. It happens in Ireland, unfortunately, as well, which is you know quite shocking considering it you know used to have principles. Um, and you know, I talk to people from all over the world, and and I was talking to somebody last night from Estonia, and. She told me that they've never even heard of it over there. It Doesn't even happen. It's not a thing. And I'm like, right, get me my passport. I'm off. I'm going to Eastern Europe.
0: No, but it, it's it's um, it's like what is a woman the um, oh what's his name's program who just forgotten on daily wire, um, and it's it, when they go to Africa and talk to people and they're just uh, confused. Um, I and mean, this story. I don't know what the story is. They've actually got a line um, hiding in a public bin with sold nappies and smearing excrement on children's milk bottles. I guess there was a. There must have been a time where the mail actually had a an ethos and an idea of what it wanted to put on. As probably all the newspapers, but it simply seems to be a. A clickbait, a man who thinks he's a woman hides in a bin and puts excrement over children's milk bottles. Uh, Someone, I guess, some editor made a decision that this is actually a good story and publishes it. And I don't don't know what they, apart from clickbait, I don't know what the purpose of putting anything like that out is. The Daily Mail, to me, I quite like reading the Daily
1: Mail. I find it entertaining. Yeah. And I think that's the point. I find it entertaining. And I think all news to some degree is a form of entertainment, actually. And some of the stories that I see, the headlines, so and so breaks their silence. Well, I wasn't waiting around for their comment anyway, motherfuckers. I don't care. Like I really don't care about what Meghan Markle says today or what, you know, George Clooney said yesterday or what Brad Pitt says next I don't care. Like I like breaks their silence. It's, like, no one was waiting for it um i, I think that the daily mail treads a very clever line of being tabloidesque and yeah. being actually newsworthy some of their stories are actually pretty good yeah. but half the time it is literally just click 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 and uh, you know there was a time before where they had a good news section mm. on their app on the, uh, the one of the tabs along the bottom or the top of the screen and that lasted for about two months thereabouts and they completely took it off because i guess no one cares about good news but you know sensational headlines celebrities, royals they tend to be the the focus
0: yeah no 100 um it definitely is royal focused um and i guess megan provides the clicks they need not that anyone gives a damn
1: i, mean, I, don't, I, don't, I don't i don't really have anything against her you know like She's done what she's done. I saw it coming before it happened. It was obvious what she was up to. Yeah. Um, but I don't
0: understand what the interest is. She's actually quite boring. Yeah, not completely. Well, as long as Harry's happy and he can come crying and come back home sometime, and we don't want, but hey, that's a whole other topic. Let let let's let's go back to politics and <laughs> not even delve into um that weird royal world. Liz Truss. She put up, this was her response to the government's guidelines, um, and it was really interesting to see her, her wit in. Um, and the story will have to be told on a British Prime Minister that lasted, uh, what, six weeks, was it? Um, th- these are the new guidelines from the government, from the Conservative government. So after they destroy education and sexualized children 13 years later they decided oh, maybe we shouldn't be doing this um and they've now come up with a a list of guidelines for teachers on how to address pupils who think they're the opposite gender um are have s- so many issues on this but what what were your thoughts because initially you think actually this it makes sense there's something positive coming out, because obviously we've had Joshua Sutcliffe, I think, was the teacher who lost his job uh, because he said, uh, um, hello boys, and it was an old boys' school and one of the boys wanted to be a girl or something like that, vice versa. Um, the most the most simple comment, good morning, and that was regarded as hate speech. But yeah, what th- the whole thing on schools, the trans stuff, kids, the right pronouns, compel speech, jump into this. I am so passionate
1: about this. It's unbelievable because I just see children's lives being destroyed. This is what I see happening with all this stuff. I mean, the fact that you've got a conservative politician actually speaking conservatively is great. That's a good start. It's a bit late. You know, it's a bit late for that now because, like you said, 13 years later, now they want to make changes. And when Labor come in, this stuff will be exacerbated and it will become a lot worse. Mm. I think that the schools... Actually, believe that they are a third parent, yeah. And what they do is they believe that not only are they the third parent, but they're also the dominant parent. You know, there's always one that kind of rules the household, or if you've got a split home, someone's got custody of the children, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The school, I think, overreaches so much so that if I ever had a phone call from the school saying, "Oh, by the way, your daughter is now identifying as a boy." I would go crazy. I would go crazy, and the fact the the problem is, I probably wouldn't even get that phone call. They wouldn't even tell me, right? And I had this conversation once at a dinner, and um, I met a lawyer. She worked for Sky, and this was around the time when a rapist in Scotland identified as a female during Mm. his trial, so he could get put in a female prison. And I said to her, like, "Do you think this is okay?" And she was like, "Well, if that's how." They, she was very careful that if that's how they feel about it, then yeah, it's fine. And I said, Okay, cool. So if I was to identify as a woman with you right now, what would you say to me? She was like, well, If that's how you truly felt, then fine. I said, Okay, what about if I identified as black? And she said, Well, you can't do that. <laughs> I said, Why not? She was like, Well, you're not black. I What? Much like I'm not a woman. She said, well, you might be. I said, sweetheart. I said, listen. I said, I'm looking at you right now. I said, in that lovely blue dress you've got on. I said, I know exactly what's underneath that dress. Believe me. And she said, you don't know. I said, I do know. Come on, let's be honest. I know. I said, but me identifying as black is a problem for you. She was like, well, I can see you. And I was like, okay. I said, Andrew Tate is he white or black? This was before everyone knew that he had a black dad, right? Mm. I was like, is he is he white or black? She she was like well, he's obviously white and don't tell me you like Andrew Tate. And I said, I love Andrew Tate. (laughs) And she said, oh no, this conversation's over. And I said, well, guess what? I went, his dad is actually black. She was dumbfounded. She couldn't believe it. And I think that even though you've got the schools doing this, this is a lawyer. This is the reason why I brought this up because she is a lawyer and these people will be taking these cases to court and pushing this agenda forward with with legal backing and with legal precedents, if they even get it which i really hope they don't and she was so so passionate about it and she's a very very educated lady teachers right you go into schools in the playground you see teachers there with green hair piercings through their nose a ball ring maybe stretched earlobes and you're thinking oh yeah, I'm going to trust you with my children. Fuck off. Like, Let's just keep it real. Like, These people cannot be trusted. And I think that most parents, if they really, really, really can and really think about it, they should consider homeschooling their children. I did it. I was considering doing it until uh, it wasn't to do the transgender stuff. It was to do something else. But I think that in this case, if it gets worse, parents should take their kids out of school protect them from indo- indoctrination and save them from being groomed. I know it's a harsh word to use because people take offense to that word. And I'm sure that some teachers have good intentions, but when you're trying to mold the minds of children against the will of their own parents,
0: I suppose that is grooming. It is. And one of the things Liz Trust says is in her, she did a private member's bill and she has calling the government to back. And one of the things it would do is, make it legal to cut up inject puberty blockers abuse sexually abuse children in in that way under 18s because they are children they cannot make a decision um they they I mean s- someone who believes in father christmas that you actually can give them a, a sex change because they believe that that they, they don't know what they think or what they believe and they rely on adults to actually, give them guidelines and a framework in the world. But to me, it's a conservative member of parliament is making the the, the breathtaking, wow, amazing suggestion that children actually can't consent to this and therefore must be protected. Um, and we're finding these things we thought would have been automatic in any sane society. We're not saying I know, but and under a conservative would would have happened. And it's, it's madness that these things, which you think would, you don't even have to talk about because they're already there. Actually, they're not. I think we need to reevaluate evaluate and ask questions because we're finding out a lot, like parents don't have access to sex ed materials in school. But um, yeah, I, 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 I need to go and read Liz Truss's bill and see what else it has because she seems to be one of the few, if only, actually, Conservative MPs in Parliament. I mean she's going to get shut down you know that already right she's not going to get this through because
1: there'll be too many wokies across the board that will say well you can't do that and the, ch- the child has the right to decide i think mean, with all due respect to children we all love our kids but the rights of our children belong to us as parents i think any decent parent knows that and understands that and would advocate for that i i do despair that the conservatives have waited this long to do something remotely conservative or even say something remotely conservative. Um, if this problem carries on, all that means is that you open the door to legalized pedophilia. Yeah, That's my humble opinion, but I think it will come true. I don't see any other outcome other than well, if the child can decide this and the child can decide that, well, then the child can decide to sleep with me, a fully grown man, or you, a fully grown woman, right? That is where this road leads, Mark my, my words.
0: It does. When you remove any red lines, then anything goes and that's what we are seeing and and the boundaries are pushed. I, I didn't think same-sex marriage was a good idea. I think the civil partnerships is because everyone should have legal rights and protections, but marriage is in a man a woman, and woman and that's what it is. But you can accommodate other people, but you just don't have the same definitions. Um, and then we, So then we move same-sex marriage, now the whole trans agenda with children. And again, it's not that groups want a certain thing and that's it. They're then happy with that. It's, well, how far can we push things further and further? And um, I do think paedophilia is where we're heading. And then when that line is crossed, then what next? There doesn't seem to be any... Um, any limits, and the imagination of some of these perverts is um, is without end. It's interesting you mentioned gay marriage because it
1: reminded me of a story not too long ago where the Archbishop of Canterbury was saying that God should be uh, should be uh, referred to with gender neutral pronouns. And it's like, hold on a second, just hold on. Like, you and I have had debates about religion in the past, and. We won't have one now because it'll be another show. But there is an element of arrogance to this. I always find it arrogant when man can alter the word of God to suit a political agenda. So I actually feel like gay marriage, um, gender-neutral God, you know, whatever, it it doesn't do anything to help with the faith. It doesn't give (laughs) people more faith in your religion it actually makes them think hold on a minute maybe this isn't for me anymore because this is going a bit crazy especially when you have figureheads like the archbishop talking about gender neutral god but you know i think that with the decline of religion in the uk especially or christianity i don't. I think some religions are on the up but um christianity on the decline it's like how do we appeal how do we appeal how do we appeal, do we appeal to the masses and Given that the Archbishop of Canterbury is effectively a political appointed position, it stands to reason that politics would come into play. But I don't agree with it. I think we should just get back to normal common sense. I might even finish this with you and read the Bible.
0: <laughs> hey, let's 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 move on the media and let's look at media and elections. And this is over in Pony, you talked about Eastern Europe, and uh, there is a lot of common sense across Eastern Europe, and they hold on to values and traditions and the nation-state more than we do in the West. Uh, and this is police state TV halts broadcasting after new pro-EU government sacks biased media chief. And this is, of course, Donald Tusk, the new PM. Uh, we know him well in the UK. And he pledged to dismantle the state broadcasters. So on Wednesday, they just stopped because there was a, a mass walkout. Again, we've touched on media. Whenever the government interferes, there is a weird line when you've state media, like we have, the, the BBC. Um, but uh, to say it's a might piece of the right and the frustration of those working there and they just stopped broadcasting. So what were um, what were your thoughts whenever you saw this, Charlie? They are what they accuse you of.
1: You know, I, I think that When you shut down broadcasters, uh, news outlets, because you say that they support one way or the other, I always look at that with with great suspicion. And I did when Russia invaded Ukraine, when the whole of Europe banned RT, Russia Today, because I thought, actually, I'd rather watch Russia Today than watch the BBC, mainly because I know what I'm going to get from the British media. It's going to be pro-Ukraine. Putin's the devil, and that's the narrative that you cannot break from. Yeah, Well, I'm a bit more open-minded than that. I want to know what the Russian propaganda is. I want to see what the Russian state really think about what they're doing and, and if they're how they're spinning it to their own people. It'd be interesting to see that. Now, when it comes to Poland, are we going to shut the state broadcaster down because they support the right wing? Well, that's democracy for you. That's democracy for you. If it's a state broadcaster, I don't really understand the makeup of their broadcasting system in Poland. Naturally, because I've, I've never been there, but I've got a friend who lives there in Poland, and he thinks it's a great, great country. Not over enamoured with the uh, Donald Tusk, but he does think it's a great country. I, I, I would look at this as um, the stepping stone to a more tyrannical Poland, because if you can shut down media like that, just based on political opinion or political views. Then more will come. We've seen it. It'll come.
0: Yeah. I think that's uh, obviously it's been quite dead. They've had enough of the Law and Justice Party after what, 13, 14 years. Um, and we're seeing, I mean, he seemed, Donald, Donald Tusk seemed to be dropped in there by the EU to restore order. And I were I worry about what they want to do with, with Hungary. Um, about... What they want to do is restore order because the EU wants to bring those countries back under the umbrella. And I know that Poland and and Hungary have had um, different batches of finance stopped because the EU is not happy. And unless you do what you're told, then you don't get those benefits. So um, I guess I can see them flooding Poland with cash to try and show that actually it's now wonderful. And despite any censorship, if they just hand out cash to the country, then that will actually may win people over. Well, Donald Tusk is their boy, isn't he? Like He's the perfect
1: appointment for Polish politics from, from their perspective. Uh, I never liked him when he was around in the EU very much. And um, I dare say I'm going to dislike him even more now that he's got this position. But you are right. I do think they'll probably flood the country with money and it will just be a way of, of bribing them um, however, I I quite like the way that Eastern Europe functions. I actually think they've got it right, and I think that if we in the West uh, operated a bit more like them, we'd be better off. I mean, Hungary, I mean, what's there not to like about Hungary?
0: Yeah, yeah, 100%. Uh, Hungary as is beautiful, as is Poland. I've been there, I've enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, our last two stories, going back home, looking at the, ah, is it going to come up? It's not going to come up. Um, that's a pin. We'll try it. This is the story um, of the, the COVID inquiry, but of the headline was Michael Gove reveals he has cooperated with criminal probe into Michelle Moon or Monet, whatever she is, scandal. Um, The government wants to see justice served, as Baroness Mordelash has already gained a Tory minister's. And this is how she made money at PPE. And they're spinning it as if she is the only one that actually made a financial benefit. I think it was the norm. So, what what were your thoughts on this?
1: Well, I didn't know he was involved until we started discussing stories, actually. They kind of kept that one quiet. But one thing I'll say about Michael Gove, I've never met him before, but I know a lot of people that know him. He does have a very. well-respected view among the the conservatives. I mean, a lot of people respect him. And the fact that he's involved, I mean, probably means that it's going to get pretty serious for her pretty soon. I didn't like anything to do with COVID, actually. I I found the whole rollout of vaccines, the PPE scandals, the track and trace. I I knew immediately, just instinctively, that all of this money being spent was going to be given to some Tory mates, Tory lovies. And it turns out that was true, as it always is, with these kind of things that go on. Um, Look, if if people truly believe that politics is a wholesome and holistic kind of thing where people get involved, do the right thing by their people, they're nuts. Politicians don't care. They don't care. They might start off like they care. When I got involved, I genuinely cared. But then I realised the machine is not made for change. It's made for slow, slow, incremental bullshit initiatives and policies that get announced that never get enacted and speeches that get written and and said by people that don't believe in the words that they're saying. And when you get that, when you know that, you understand that this is all theatre. So the fact that she's been busted for this, I mean, is no surprise to me. All I want to know is how many people can she take down with her? So a bit of fun. Let's take them all out.
0: No, I agree, and I think some of the government ministers. I think it could have been Rishi Sunak said all his WhatsApp messages have been deleted uh, oh. because he changed his phone. Seriously, that, that's quite oh. handy. I got, I got a new phone the
1: other day, right? And uh, guess what? All of my messages are still there. All of the all of the pictures that people have sent to me, videos, everything—they're all still there. Um, so, never in the history of WhatsApp has there ever been a story said that I've changed phones and I've lost all my numbers, lost all my messages and lost all my photos and stuff like that. It's only politicians that have this problem. Why is that? Why is it only politicians that tend to have this uh, this lapse in phone memory, shall we call it, right? It's only them. I've never heard of this before. And I think that Rishi
0: saying it, Boris saying it, they're all full of shit. It, it is... Uh... I think it's the COVID inquiry. It brings that on people, that their messages just disappear whenever they walk in the building, possibly. Probably
1: but um, You know, 33,000 emails, they went missing too.
0: Well, I know, but it, it's the, what was the, oh, it's some ludicrous, uh, ludicrous cost, like they're up to 170 million so far, something like that. Um, and they're just three months in or four months in. But um it's the you're right. What else will it's it's a bit strange going after obviously they want to have someone to throw under the bus. Hancock was kind of that person and then he disappeared off the jungle and has um now got his, his new life. So they weren't able to pin it on him that much. Maybe uh Michelle Moon, obviously in the uh in the House of Lords. Maybe she's the one that will pin it, but you're right, she she, she will take down everyone else. She she knows the conversations. I'm sure she's kept details. She knows what other contracts were given out. Um, and it seems quite a foolish tactic because uh, all hell will break loose whenever she does turn on everyone. I think she's alluded to it as well, hasn't she? I think I've seen
1: something where she's written online that you know she knows where the bodies are buried in, in so many words. So, you know, I, I look forward to that excavation. So do I. So yeah. do
0: I. Although I, I don't think we'll find wonder, out anything.
1: I wonder if there'll be any surprises. I wonder if there'll be some politicians there that we thought were good guys that are actually on mega takes.
0: I think all the people we thought were good people have realized actually they're pure evil and will bring in a surveillance state and lock us all up and beat us up by the police. So I think we've learned that actually what we thought was true was not. Yeah, no, you're right. If we did ever believe it. Um, Last story. This was an interesting one. And I don't actually know if you'd uh, posted or just had come across. And this is from National Post, which is uh, Raheem Kassam's publication. Mm-hmm. And a study, mass migration cost the Netherlands nearly half a trillion dollars between 1995 and 2019. And the, the figures on this are... Crazy. And I don't think this is a, it wasn't a, a poll or study done by an organization on the right. It was a normal think tank that had done this. Um, but they are yeah, 430 billion. And it was carried out by the University of Amsterdam. Uh, and they said they had access to unique data uh, from the statistics agency. And it was entitled This Borderless Welfare State. The Consequence of Immigration for Public Finances. It's intriguing to have a university coming up with this. Obviously, the evidence is staring them in the face, and they decided, actually, they had to write a report entitled Borderless Welfare State. Again, not a far-right group, however, the media wanted to uh, tag it as this is the University of Amsterdam.
1: Yeah, I mean, if this was a, a UK uni, they'd be saying, why didn't we spend more? Yeah, that sort would come out over here. Bring them all over. Bring some more. We want to spend not half a trillion. We want to spend, you know, what's the next up from a trillion? I've got no idea what the next one up is from a trillion, but uh, they'd want that one. Um, I think that, you know, Holland, I think that Gert Wilder's becoming PM over there. Um, that shows how annoyed people are about the situation. That shows. And I've always admired him, actually. I think he's very outspoken in the right way. And hopefully he'll get the changes for the Netherlands that he wants to see and what the people want to see. I always wonder why the West has this obsession with opening their doors to people that don't actually want to be here. Like realistically, they want to be here for the money, but they don't actually want to be here. Because when you import people from the Middle East, and I'm not saying anything bad against Middle Eastern people in general. But they come with a certain mindset, right, which isn't congruent with their own. And people need to accept that. It's not not up for debate, really. I mean, you can argue, oh, well, they're people and they've got their rights. Sure, they do. But you're talking about the mixture of cultures. I don't see how it mixes. So why would you pay for that? This is the question that I would love an honest politician to answer. Why would you want to pay for people to come to your country that only want your money? you know this is this is like a 90 year old millionaire marrying a 21 year old blonde bombshell we've seen it a million times over yeah but i love him no you don't no you don't he's dead soon that's what you love right let's keep it real and that's exactly what we're doing we are effectively the old man with all the money and these migrants think they're blonde bombshells and you know they're not we should just get rid of them
0: it is a fascinating story and a fascinating report, and I do encourage the viewers and listeners to go and um, go to the link, click on it, have a look at it, uh, because it's it's wonderful when the truth gets out. Um, Charlie,
1: Question great, yeah, is, is a good point to end on. It's not even biased, like you said. It doesn't come from a right wing think tank or anything like that. It's literally down the middle. So you know, these kind of reports should carry more weight than anything else. But I thought I'd add that at the end. Sorry, Peter.
0: No, they should. Well, from the educational establishment yeah. um, that is probably government-funded, then it is the the system is critiquing itself, and it's not outside commentator. So 100% right. Um, Charlie, where are the best? Obviously, people get you on Twitter. Uh, you're on Talk TV fairly regularly. Uh, when can they find you there, and where else?
1: I've got an appearance on Talk TV on the 27th of December and January 1st because obviously I'm a glutton for punishment. I don't want to break. Um, but yeah, I, I I like going around um, talking on shows like this and, and TV because I think it offers people an opportunity to think outside the box a little bit. I think my views, whilst will be mainstream amongst people that think like us, I want to kind of tap into people that are kind of on the fence and say, actually, he's made a good point there. You know, maybe we should look into this a little bit more deeply. But, you know, if you type in my name, you'll find me everywhere. I'm a social media goer.
0: Social media junkie. Well, thank you, Charlie, for jumping on. And to the viewers and listeners, thank you for tuning in. Wish you a wonderful Christmas time. Uh, have a, a break, for those of you who are having it. And we will be new program on Monday. Uh, we'll give you Christmas what? day off. The, the one day off. No, no days off. No, uh, we have to one. Uh, we we <laughs> took a longer break last Peter. Christmas, this Christmas one day.
1: You should pre-record a Christmas message whilst you've got that tree behind you. <laughs> uh,
0: we'll take maybe an odd clip from this, now, but no. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, have a wonderful Christmas to all our viewers, listeners, supporters. Thank you so much. Um, uh, we'll be not with you on the Monday, but we'll be back with you on Thursday with uh, Jason Kreishoff, actually, a friend I met when it was over in uh, at the international crisis summit the COVID summit uh, and he's looking at basically mass psychosis and how we're manipulated and forced into many issues fantastic guy great subject hadn't come across him before so he'll be with you on thursday so on that i wish you all a wonderful rest of your day and christmas if you like what we do sign up to our mailing list donate, share, and subscribe to our many platforms at heartsovoke.org. Thank
1: you for listening.